The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. gentlemen welcome to the end of week one the frenzy is not done i'm a poet and i didn't even know it i am your co-host kyle ranny joined as always by gary halt you are listening to fantasy beasts and where to find them the football podcast gary how the hell are you i'm great thank you for asking i thought you were gonna answer like tony the tiger and be great (laughs) um guys we are all juiced up full of energy the nfl is in disarray it's in shambles. It's in shambles. We've got a lot of stuff going on. We're going to give you a quick news rundown here, and then we're going to do what we do best and break down everything that we've seen from a fantasy football aspect. Uh, starting in the wee hours of the morning, from Tuesday to Wednesday, the Detroit Lions ink a contract with running back Jamal Williams. This Gross. is a player I really <laughs> liked and no longer really like him with, uh, with Detroit. Uh, the... San Francisco 49ers re-sign tackle Trent William. You heard that here first in the show. I thought he'd re-sign. And he's petty AF doing so. Yeah. Did you see the, the money, the terms on the contract? It's a lot. I didn't see. I oh, even more so. Uh, he made sure he would become the highest paid tackle in football again and added a bonus $10,000 per year into his contract. So he could tell David Bakhtiari of the Packers he was making 10000 more a year than him. <laughs> In terms of the NFL contracts, absolute pennies. And he added it just to be number one again. Uh, starting out on Wednesday morning, the Raiders and wide receiver John Brown agree to a one-year deal. That's not the Steelers or Indianapolis. It's not. You're right. Uh, but I don't think he knows where he signed, honestly. It's Vegas. Is it Oakland? I don't know. It's <laughs> Vegas, but... Uh, following up the old wide receiver coalition, or coalition, the Arizona Cardinals replaced one old wide receiver with another. A.J. Green signs a one-year $8.5 million deal. It's like, it's like, oh, I got a 70-year-old man for a 60-year-old man. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, a- adding to Cleveland's misery, the Tennessee Titans uh, re-sign Jayon Brown. One year, $5.25 million, ended up becoming a big coverage linebacker. Cleveland was in desperate need for linebackers. Two of them didn't even hit the free or hit the market, and apparently they didn't try too hard on J.M. Brown uh, because he also didn't even see him. At this point, I think it's probably a draft thing that they're going to be doing. At this point, I think they're just going to play a lot of nickel. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Arizona Cardinals trade a third-round pick to the Las Vegas Raiders for center Rodney Hudson and a seventh-round pick, uh, getting Kyler Murray a center. Not a bad choice. Definitely not, as long as he can see over him. I don't think he's that tall of a guy. No. <laughs> uh, Carolina Panthers re- are signing linebacker Denzel Perryman. The Indianapolis Colts re-sign running back Marlon Mack, one-year, $2 million, more of a prove-it deal. Gary, you're upset. I'm pretty mad about that. You wanted him in Buffalo. I wanted him 
Yeah, I did want him in Buffalo, but it doesn't make. I mean, to me, it doesn't make sense to re-sign him with two running backs there that were heavily used. Yeah, I was talking to you off air. I was like, I wonder if it's because they're they're getting calls about Naheem Hines and they might end up trading him. I mean, it's anything's possible in this NFL. Or they're just going to run with three running backs and I don't call themselves the three-headed monster Colts. I guess so. You've heard of the Cerebus. Now, what do you call a three-headed horse? Uh, Tritar? I, I don't know. I don't no know. clue. Um, I figured you'd know. You're the smart one. The <laughs> Miami Dolphins signed wide receiver Robert Foster, formerly of the Bills and the Redskins. It's a pretty good signing. It's an okay signing. It's a, it's a nice depth signing. Um, the Panthers add to the defense, gaining edge rusher Hassan Reddick on a one-year prove-it deal. Uh, the Panthers have made a quiet collection of good defensive moves this offseason. Yeah, nothing like spectacular, but a lot of like good depth For a team and... whose front seven was really, really bad, yep. adding Perryman and Reddick on cheap one-year deals, mm-hmm. I think Carolina's got a chance to to be a contender in the NFC. Yeah. Not win that division, but wild card for sure, I think. They just they need to figure out that quarterback spot. I think they will. Um, per Troy Rank, and I did not see this one become official yet, but the Raiders were close to a deal with former 49ers first-round pick, defensive tackle Solomon Thomas. The Chiefs continuing to add to the party at offensive line, signing guard Kyle Long, who will wear number 69, nice. to a one-year $5 million deal, and Mike Reamer being re-signed to play right tackle there. Um, Kyle Long has experience playing tackle is it too far-fetched to think Long kicks left tackle, Reamer goes right, and you see Tooney play guard? I don't think it's too far-fetched. I think there's a chance that they might they might not stick with one thing. They might just try a bunch of things. That's usually what coaches do and see what is the best formula. Absolutely. Former uh, former Buffalo Bills edge or head defensive lineman, because he kind of played all over, Quentin Jefferson uh, signs a contract with the Vegas Raiders. This is one where I feel like a lot of people in Buffalo didn't cut him enough flack last year. He was a top 10 um, in battles won on the defensive line last year. He was very productive at beating his his block. Yeah, it's just one of those things where um, because you want to keep Milano, you got to free up the cap space. Oh, absolutely. He and was, I think the Raiders might have won that deal. Yeah. Gruden so, really loves ex-Bills players. Especially right? getting him at a cheaper cost than what he was being paid in Buffalo. Uh, yesterday evening, the Seattle Seahawks sign tight end Gerald Everett, one year, $6 million. This is one that intrigues me, but I think we'll get a little bit further into this on the show itself today. Yeah. Um, the Cowboys re-signing former Michigan product, cornerback Jordan Lewis, three-year, $16.5 million deal. Uh, not that I'm necessarily a Cowboys fan, but a team that oftentimes sees a lot of flack and a lot of um, loss at the secondary position finally gains one of their own guys back in free agency. For the longest time, I can't remember the Cowboys actually having a very good secondary. Exactly, and it's usually uh, poor. Uh, the dominoes starting to fall here. The Washington football team signs wide receiver Curtis Samuel. That's huge. Three-year, $34.5 million deal. Um, I wish I knew who it was. I'd give them credit right now on the air, but a few of the sports announcers had him pegged from the get-go as going to Washington. Yeah. A lot of reasons there, but really like that move. The Detroit Lions are signing veteran kicker Randy Bullock, happening right now. 
Um, the Seahawks are trading draft picks to Vegas for offensive guard Gabe Jackson. <laughs> Just, uh, the Seahawks are losing or losing alignment? No, Seahawks are gaining alignment. Oh, I thought you said the Seahawks are trading. Seahawks traded picks to get Jackson, who was a former pro bowler. The Raiders continue to look at this like they're playing flight football and don't need an offensive line. I mean, you're not wrong. I thought when you, I, I misheard you, I thought they were giving away more linemen in Seattle. And it's like, didn't Russ just go over this? No, no, no. Russ, Russ is getting his wish here, finally getting some linemen. The Minnesota Vikings sign cornerback Patrick Peterson one-year $10 million deal. A little rich for our blood still. A little bit uh, up there in age for that kind of contract. And it's weird because, not that the Vikings aren't competitive, but they're nowhere near a Super Bowl right now. And you would think you would want to sign by the team. That's a contender. Yes. At, at Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Bay. Yeah. The New England Patriots, I would say re-signed since he's already been there, but signing linebacker Kyle Van Noy after being released by Miami. And he was on, he's, he's on the cheap too, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he made a decent amount on the deal, but it wasn't anything spectacular. Uh, defensive lineman Larry Okunjobi signing across the division, leaving Cleveland and signing with Cincinnati, one of the leading pass rushers in that poor, poor Cleveland front seven last year. That's, that's pretty good for the Bengals. Especially. Yeah, um, I mean, they lost Carl Lawson, but they gained Trey Hendrickson, and then they also gained Larry Ogunjobi. The Bengals are on, like, the cusp of being very competitive. If the Bengals can put the pieces together defensively, they're they're bringing in new parts. If they can make those parts work, they're going to make themselves competitive. Um, entering Thursday morning... The Denver Broncos and Philip Lindsay mutually agree to part way. The running back will reach free agency. Uh, to nobody's surprise. Yeah, he he kind of had one good season, and then his his yards per carry has always been great. Yeah, but he doesn't hold up over a full game. He's not a an every down back. <laughs> no, um, the <laughs> I don't even I don't even know why I reported this this morning. I think it's because he looks like a giraffe. Um, <laughs> the New York Giants are signing quarterback Mike Glennon to be the backup quarterback. He kind of looks like Vladimir Putin a little bit. A little bit. Uh, Vladimir Putin and a giraffe. Got it. The Miami Dolphins have gotten their center. No, it's not David Andrew. They have signed Baltimore Ravens center Matt Skura to start. That's another blow for the Ravens who lost. I believe Skura missed most of last year, though, for the Ravens. And they, and they worked adequately without them, to be fair. It's still... Uh, something you don't want to see, especially um, if he's seen a lot of time with the Ravens previously, because you're going to need protection for Lamar. You're going to need they're a running team. Yes, and I don't know how good he is at run blocking. We'd have to go back and look. But if it's a good guy who's run run blocking, you know, you don't want to lose those pieces. The Los Angeles Chargers sign tight end Jared Cook one year, six million dollar deal. I feel like Jared Cook's been in this league for 22 years. You're not wrong. This man's been around forever, and he still keeps making money. Uh, speaking of guys who I feel like have been around forever and haven't been, Kenyon Drake, on his third team in the pros, will leave the Arizona Cardinals, signs with the Las Vegas Raiders, a team that, if I recall, we just spoke about trading two players, releasing another offensive lineman because they needed money, spending a guaranteed $11 million dollars. <laughs> On a running back when they have Josh Jacobs. Raiders Nation, how y'all doing? <laughs> uh, it's going to be tough for Josh Jacobs owners because he's definitely going to lose some uh, touches now. It's going to be tough for Kenyon Drake owners 
Yeah. Got him in two in two dynasty leagues, and I don't know what to do. I don't know. I I don't understand why these running backs are signing with teams when they could probably compete for a starting job elsewhere. I don't know if it's. I mean, it's, the market's still open, and there's a couple big names that are still available as well. Chris Carson hasn't signed anywhere yet, and it's like like teams like Pittsburgh, the Bills. Uh, I don't know. There's a couple other teams on top well, of my head. Pittsburgh's one of those teams again as well. That's wild. Because that's one of the running backs who hasn't signed anywhere. Yet. I mean, my, James Conner. Miami is Miami. Miami hasn't done anything either. Miami, my, I'm sorry. Miami signed Malcolm Brown. I'm talking about like a guy who's gonna. Legit. Miami signed Malcolm Brown. Um, the, I don't know why these teams aren't or these players, other than maybe money. But wouldn't you want like wouldn't you want to compete for a starting job instead of just sitting behind some money? You'd think, but hey, man. Sometimes money talks. Um, the New York Giants signing former Vikings tight end Kyle Rudolph, two-year, $14 million deal. That's a lot of money for an aging tight end. Yeah. Uh, an aging number two tight end behind Evan Ingram. The Buffalo Bills signed quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. Hold on there, Bills fans. He's not your starter. Relax. The Miami Dolphins signing Will Fuller the fifth one-year prove-it deal. That's pretty big um, if they can get him the ball. Worth well over $10 million as well with incentive. Yeah. Uh, he um, is suspended the first game, though. Yes. Yes. He is a, He is eligible to return week two. I think this is a um, a piece for Tua for them to say push the ball downfield. Yes. And, so, and if anybody can do it, I, I saw somebody put this up the other day. They said, if you want to overpan any one receiver, make it Will Fuller. The ability's never been shown with his contracts, but when he's healthy and when he's on the field, he's explosive. He makes things happen, and there's like, no denial to that. He's that fringe number one receiver. He ha- always has been, and he's never been able to prove it because he's never strung together a healthy enough season. Um, and you know what? He might be even more of an asset because he might reopen Devonte Parker. Reopen Devonte Parker. Uh... Let Gasecki go over the middle. Gasecki goes over the middle now. Devontae Parker sits there. Um, if you get a rookie re- receiver at yeah, three, like Chase or, you uh, don't have Smith. to. You don't have to rush them along. So yeah, I mean this. I hate saying this out loud. Very well job or well done, Miami. Um, the NFL has signed a new media deal. Next couple years are set. The league will be rotating Super Bowls, and that also means the. 17-game season is upon us to be voted upon at the end of the month. It's upon us. It's going to happen. It should happen. And that's a good news for Bills fans because, like, we're making the playoffs now, but now we'll always make the playoffs. Well, we've been forever mediocre. So I believe the way that it happens as well. We've always been on that bubble. Well, no, you rotate. You end up rotating one team out of the NFC through a division you're not playing, so you, like, you rotate it by years. So this upcoming season, Buffalo should actually see Washington yeah. in that 17th game, which means for like a 22nd straight year, Ryan Fitzpatrick will play a home game, or will play a game in Buffalo. <clears throat> That'd be pretty cool. That's um, good news for uh, Miami because they would have made the playoffs yes. this year. Well, giving them an extra game to try to win it, yes. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns finally getting some signings here. This looks like... Im- 
This looks like enforcement after the amount of injury in the secondary last year. They had a laundry list of Troy Hill, four-year, $24 million deal to play cornerback for Cleveland. One of the most underrated signings of the week so far. I personally, and I again, I don't like saying this about teams in my own division, but the New York Jets out here, Keelan Cole, one year, five and a half million. That's a, that's something we'll touch on a little later, but that's a great contract. Yeah, that's a good contract and um, nice little target for whoever's going to play quarterback there. Good way to put it. Um, <laughs> the next big deal on there that we've got almost reaching the end here, wide receiver Brashad Perryman signs with the Detroit Lions for one year. Someone's got to get the ball in Detroit. Yeah, and uh, that was a guy that the Jets were hoping would kind of pan Would out. re-sign, and uh, he had an okay year, but he what, he couldn't stay healthy last year. And Chicago Bears are releasing former Pro Bowl cornerback Kyle Fuller. Let's see real quick if I've got any other recent signing news as we're sitting here on the eve of Friday. Uh, and if not, I do have a top 15 available free agents if you want. We can, we can pull that one off as well. Um, a tweet by Deanna Rossini. The Bears tried to keep Kyle Fuller, but he wouldn't take a very significant pay cut. So his cap hit, had he t- or had he not taken a pay cut, was $20 million. I mean, why would you take that pay cut? Pay well, so cap hit and amount of money he was making are two totally different things, but $20 million is something that you, you need to basically convert or extend him, or there, there's a lot of cap wizardry that can go into it. None of it's pretty. Um, we were talking about the Raiders losing all their offensive linemen. Former Texans center Nick Martin signs with the Raiders to replace Rodney Hudson. Ex-Browns cornerback, ex-Bills cornerback Kevin Johnson signs with the Titans for a year. And Desmond King signing a deal with the Titans as well. The, the Titans are signing everybody right now. Yeah. If it's a signing, it's probably with... with or, um, the Texans. If it's signing, it's probably with the Texans. The best available. We want top twenty, Gary. Yeah, let's do top. Let's 20. go top twenty. Um, we'll go reverse order here as well. A top twenty-five. We'll go top twenty-five here. Top twenty-five best available free agents still that have not inked a deal. Uh, coming at twenty-five, edge rusher Olivier Vernon. For uh, most recently played with Cleveland. Number twenty-four, offensive tackle Rick Wagner most recently with Green Bay. Number 23, 28-year-old wide receiver, Sammy Watkins. That's, that's not actually surprising since how tough the uh, wide receiver market's been. Well, I think the fact of it being is we know Sammy likes to get paid. Yeah, and, and he's not going to get the paid. the top two receivers haven't really settled at all. So I think he's not going to find a home until those top two settle. I want to see him in Green Bay. It would make sense. Uh, back-to-back safeties, number 22, 26-year-old starting safety, Xavier Woods from Dallas. No, not the wrestler. Number 21, safety, Kareem Jackson of Denver, 33 years old. Number 20, cornerback, 33-year-old, Richard Sherman. Number 19, cornerback, 31-year-old, Xavier Rhodes, most recently with Indy. Had a solid year last year. Um, edge rusher at number 18, Melvin Ingram of the Chargers. 31-year-old cornerback, most recently with Tennessee, Malcolm Butler. This is a name I think everybody's forgetting, especially after all the shenanigans last offseason here. But number 16 on this list, uh, 29-year-old Quinton Dunbar. He was a pro bowler. Washington didn't want to be there, gets traded to Seattle, gets in the issue with the robbery. 
Um, he can still play, and he's under the age of thirty. Yes, if he can stay off the or stay out of trouble, out of trouble off the field, he could be a very good asset for Qu- a team. Quentin Dunbar's a team, that. a guy I'm very intrigued by. He'd probably be a good number two. Had had he not seen the decrease, he would have been probably coming in this year as one of the top corners on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, number fifteen, the Bitcoin billionaire himself, offensive tackle Russell Okung. Let's see if he can convert most of his contract into Bitcoin again this year. Yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> he he became one of the highest paid players in the league just by by converting half of his ten million dollars salary into Bitcoin, and then Bitcoin tripled in cost. And yeah. he made like twenty, he made like fifteen million dollars off of Bitcoin this mm-hmm. year. Good for him. Really cool story if you can find it and read it. Um, number fourteen offensive tackle. I'm gonna make sure the name is pronounced correctly here. Riley Rife. Not Reed, Rife. Both very, both Riley's are very talented in their respective fields, though. Correct. Um, <laughs> number 13, a giant in his own right, offensive tackle out of Pittsburgh, 32-year-old Alejandro Villanueva. Could Sounds it, like a soccer player. Does some, I think he did. He was a soldier. I think. He is. He's a military member himself. Uh, very talented, very late start to his career because of the military yeah. career. Um, number 12 and number 11, might as well group them together, both... Kansas City offensive tackles, Mitchell Schwartz, Eric Fisher. Uh, Schwartz has a long way to go. I feel like he's going to be on this list for a while due to the injury in the offseason. Um, number 10, Gary's favorite wide receiver in this class, T.Y. Hilton, 31 years old. That is a false false claim. Um, I know that he's actually still in talks with Tennessee, or with uh, yeah, Indy about coming yeah, back. Yeah, talked to him about bringing him back. Number 9, 28-year-old Brian Poole. Um cornerback. I did I say he okay, so he did get re-signed. Uh the number eight player on this list, Desmond King, cornerback out of Tennessee, re-signed with Tennessee on a cheap team deal. One year three point five million uh for being ranked as the number eight player on this list still. Mm-hmm. Number seven, the first running back we're gonna see here and the only one, Chris Carson, Seattle twenty six. Um number six, Casey Hayward, thirty one year old cornerback out of the Chargers. Number five Starting off really hot with all the wide receivers, Antonio Brown on this list. I think he ends up back. I think he ends up with Tampa, too. It's a matter of how they can make that cap space work. Yeah. Uh, number four, safety out of Minnesota, Number or 29-year-old Anthony Harris. That's still surprising that he's not signed. Um, it's just the market. Right Minnesota's now. been trying to get him at a, at a proper team deal. I think he's looking for more. Unfortunately, safeties never win on the open market, right. unless your name's Micah Hyde. Um, one of the very few safeties I can recall in, in recent years that's gotten exactly what he's wanted and it hasn't taken forever. Yeah. Um, number three, edge rusher. It's it's still a, just mind-blowing to see him on this list. Jadavian Clowney. I wonder if he's being stingy. He's being stingy, but he hasn't played well and hasn't played to the price he's asking. Uh, number two, and I will put a Twitter account on, on blast here to put if it's right, it's right. If it's not, this is where the news came from. At CJ Golson on Twitter, uh, we have Juju Smith-Schuster. CJ Golson said that the interest in Smith-Schuster has been minimal. I think it's honestly because of his social media antics. Yeah, I don't know if it comes down to the off-field antics combined with the amount of money he's asking for. Uh, as of as of Wednesday night, I had heard that he was very interested in a one-year Incentive laden deal to give him like fifteen million dollars and improve it, mm-hmm. which a lot of teams getting a twenty four year old receiver don't want. Yeah, you got a twenty four year old receiver, and if you can sh- silence him, I'm, you can silence him off the field. 
man, cut the TikTok. Be in, be be more mature. There's a difference. Like if he's got like a a, a Twitter or an Instagram and that. Well, I mean, do it if off. He's got a deal with TikTok. Then don't be trashing other teams. It, it it's cool to be like for the fans, blah blah blah, interacting, dancing on TikTok, but not disrespecting other teams. There's a difference between um, being a jackass and, and having endorsements and and being a funny guy. Um, but yeah, Juju is is a polarizing figure here too. And number one, wide receiver from Detroit, Kenny Galladay. Uh, there were reports last night, kind of all over that. Um, Originally, C.J. Golson, the reason I put him on blast, Golson had reported last night he signed deals done, he's going to the Giants, which did not pan out. Um, he met with Chicago last night. And you got to think if Chicago's going to put the money out there, um, that might be one of the only ways you're seeing Allen Robinson be willing to stay. If Allen Robinson's operating against another former all-pro receiver, that might entice him. Did he sign his franchise tag? He hasn't yet, not to my knowledge. Um, but he met with the Bears last night. He was meeting with with New York Giants today, and then he was finishing up meeting with Cincinnati, I'd heard as well. So he's very coveted right now. Um, Joe Flacco was meeting with San Fran. Looks like they might be looking at a backup job there. And Deshaun Watson's undergoing some off-field issues with some allegations. We don't really know much more besides that. Uh, we just know that there's a lot up in arms at the moment. Guys, that was 25 minutes of strictly news. This is where we are currently in the league. And there's plenty more where that came from. Yes. So what we want to do next, guys, we told you the heavy basis of us as a podcast is to talk fantasy football with you guys. Oh, what do I got? 5, 10, 15. I have about 25 player signings or team signings that we want to discuss Gary and I are going to bounce some idea off each other, and we're going to kind of talk about how it benefits and what the factor for fantasy is this year. Um, Gary, what do you say? Start at the bottom down here? Let's start, let's start here. Uh, first one, really, most recent, Brashad Perryman, Detroit. What are you thinking? Any any, any real fantasy worthiness to it? Um, I don't think you're going to see a ton of production from him. Um, he hasn't been the player that people wanted him to be. Uh, if if anything, he might be a slot guy that might get four or five catches a game, but that's not enough for me to consider him um, a starter. Maybe a flex guy on the weeks that you have guys that are sitting. Um, but if he's, if you're going to draft uh, Perryman, it better be for depth and not going to be relying on him week, week in, week out. Yeah, I think Brashad Perryman, if even drafted, is is saying one thing. Um, I, I think Brashad Perryman really is going to be your guy that, instead of drafting, you're you're going to be looking as a one-week waiver wire. wire pickup when you when you need somebody to pick up to, to make sure you can help in a position of injury or something. Um... I don't think he's going to be all that much. I get that he's one of the few options in Detroit, but I just he had a he had a down year last year. I don't think the quarterback play gets any better going to Jared Goff. Uh, I'm going to honestly leave it where it is. I'm going to say sell on him and don't really and overvalue him this year. I mean, Goff might not even be the quarterback there. Correct. They, they might just dump him 
even though he's I think he's got a bigger cap hit, but they said I think I was reading somewhere saying that they're still not sold on him. They might just draft the quarterback or whatever. Fair. Um, number two on this list: Will Fuller to Miami. What is the fantasy aspect of him being there? So I think Fuller could possibly be a late steal because people are going to be afraid to draft him because two is not really a deep ball guy. We saw him last year. Um, his bread and butter came from uh, over the middle and a lot of short routes. Um, I think that Will Fuller could be a guy that gives Tua that confidence, but I think on a draft board he might be a, a later pick, and I think it's going to be a, a good pick um, as long as he stays healthy. I've always been a Will Fuller um, believer. I've always wanted to, and he always makes me so sad because every time I've taken him, you get those couple 30, 40-point games, right. and then he goes down the rest of the season almost, the almost problem instantly. with Will Fuller is, is you've got to use him – as a flex or uh, have a contingency plan. He can't be like your number one. I'd agree with that. I think Will Fuller himself is going to be somebody who you're going to want to aim for in probably the 12th or 13th round. Mm-hmm. You're going to want him as a wide receiver four or five on your roster. I think he's also going to be t- uh, touchdown dependent this year. I think he has the ability to be a touchdown stud. However, I think what really benefits Fuller is his ability to open up the rest of that offense there. I think he's going to make Devontae Parker worth more. I think he's going to make Mike Gusecki worth more like we touched on. I think whoever's a running back there is going to be worth more with Fuller there, and I think it's going to kind of boost... It's going to boost Tua into a high QB2. A borderline flex play if you don't have a starting quarterback. Mm. Uh, And I think Tua is going to take a step forward because of Fuller this year. He should take a step forward. um, And if he doesn't, Miami has... Big issues. So I want to see how much you laugh at this one, but I do want to talk fantasy relevance here with Mitch Trubisky to Buffalo. Um, so a lot of people are freaking out. Why are we getting rid of Barkley? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? I texted you today in our group chat um, with my brother. Uh, Your brother was freaking out. It's a backup option and an immediate um, fill. It's He's obviously not the player Josh Allen is, but number one, he's got playoff experience, whether it's good experience or not. He's got the playoff experience. He's played on a talented team. Um, not going to be the same player Josh Allen is, but is going to be a solid backup that you could trust coming in when you need him to. So by you saying that, though, not the best player, or not the same player, but he's similar. That's exactly why I put him on this list. I, Mitch Trubisky's fantasy relevance is nothing. However, every other player you're going to draft, and this is things ultimately you should think about with every player you have to draft, if... Their starting quarterback goes down. Who is next in line? How does it change the offense? The benefit is if Mitch Trubisky has to step in for Josh Allen, they can play the similar style. They both can run the RPO. They both can get the ball out. Yes, he's not the most consistent, and the stats will somewhat decrease, but they don't have to change the offense around Trubisky. I think Trubisky stepping in makes anybody drafting. You want to put it this way. Um Josh Allen goes down, God forbid, and you have on your roster right now Matt Barkley and Jake Fromm. Yeah. That's your backup quarterbacks right now in Buffalo. Um, Barkley has done it before where he's played, but it is never anything. He played against a bad Jets team, and then when he's played in other games, it's either sacked or throwing picks. So there's nothing special about like Matt Barkley being a backup, backup quarterback. I'm not saying Trubisky's the best quarterback in the league as a backup. But I feel more comfortable option. with him and with 
being able to look at the options there now once everything happens if Stefan Diggs is my number two receiver my 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 number my second round pick he's he's my top receiver okay well then you're in the same spot that I don't say Michael Thomas but Michael Thomas doesn't work here mm-hmm. uh Michael Thomas would have been had he played the whole year and Drew Brees goes down mm-hmm. how well do you trust Taysom Hill it's the same thing here how well do you trust Matt Barkley who are you going to trust more Matt Barkley or Mitch Trubisky the answer should be Trubisky. Trubisky's signing is an impact fantasy-wise. Mm-hmm. For anybody, you're going to draft off of Buffalo's offense. And it's yeah. a it's a quarterback you probably want to snag in your dynasty leagues Correct. If, you're, if you're a Josh Allen owner. Yes. Um, well, yes and no. It's only one year is the thing. It's not like he's going to be the perennial just, back. Well, like like I said, it's, it's one of those things where... Um, on, a, on your dynasty leagues, you should have a massive roster anyway. Yes. So it's not a big deal if you have... Like, I have, like, six quarterbacks on my... Correct. Dynasty roster. Um, starters and backups in case uh, I need to play around with that. Um, but like like I said, Trubisky, not going to be your wow factor in fantasy, but could possibly be a good backup quarterback. And for save the, the remainder of your players. Uh, tight end, Kyle Rudolph. Again, I think he's almost like Mitch Trubisky. I, I'm not even looking to advise people, hey, take Rudolph as a stud. Rudolph might be a flex play on certain weeks, but I think Rudolph opens up and makes Evan Ingram possibly another better option at tight end. Yeah, and um, it seems like that the Giants want to run those two tight end sets. They've been mocked Kyle Pitts. Uh, I don't see them drafting Pitts now that they're paying a older tight end that much money. But two tight end set with Saquon Barkley there. It looks like they're going to run the ball and run a lot of, um, like, West Coast style. Absolutely. Um, again, so I, I think it helps. I think it helps for Danny Dimes. Mm-hmm. As long as Danny Dimes keeps that job, um, the Giants have made some, some serious moves here. You add another safety valve for Danny Dimes with, with a guy who's not a bad blocker either helping Saquon come back. I think it's a, a valid option. Um, Kenyon Drake, the Raiders. Um, I think it takes a hit on his value. Yeah, if you're talking about. Are you talking about Josh Jacobs or are you talking Kenyon Drake? Both. I think Kenyon Drake's going to see a decreased level because he's not going to see the rushes. He's going to be the guy re- with receiving, but it's going to take time away from Josh Jacobs on the field, which is frustrating because Josh Jacobs is the bell cow there. Correct. Um, but it could be a thing where. Uh, like they saw when Josh Jacobs goes down, they don't have that death behind him. Um, Correct. Devonta Booker, Devonte or Devonte? Devonte. Devonte Booker um, was supposed to be the number two back there, and kind of just fell flat on his ass. Yeah. So I mean, it's definitely it's a better option, but it's a lot of money for a backup. Um, it's gonna hurt Josh Jacob ownership. It's going to help unless they kind of flex him out, use him as a. Passing option? They're gonna. They're definitely gonna run Kenny Drake more as a pass as a pass catcher. But I think he's got the option to take third down reps. I think you're gonna sprinkle him in more than you did Devontae Booker. It's great for Chase Edmonds owners. That's what I was about to say. Chase Edmonds owners, which I'm one in one league. Um, <coughs> that's a big, big, big benefit to them because yeah, now they're a, pretty much walking into a starter. Unless they draft. A, I, a even guy if they do, I, I can't see him taking anybody outside of like. The top three. Chase Edmonds last year became one of the the safety valves for Kyler Murray. He had over 850 
total or yards on the ground. I wanted them to basically. I mean, you wouldn't have liked it. I wanted them to kind of abandon. Uh, Kenny I Drake. mean, I've got Chase Edmonds in a dynasty league, so I'm not against it. I, I personally, I've known Chase Edmonds as the future. I didn't think Drake was coming back. I just didn't think Drake would be signing it as a secondary running back. Um, so yeah, Kenny Drake stock down on him, stock down on Josh Jacobs, stock up on Chase Edmonds. Jared Cook. I don't think it matters. He's mm. going to get catches. I still... I've seen a lot of people who are super high anyway on Donald Parham, the number two tight end with the Chargers. Uh, six foot eight option and three touchdowns on like 10 catches last year. He's still young, and I wonder if Jared Cook's there to help teach him more. It could be. Um, he's going to get his catches, but he's not going to be a dominant. Correct. Player. I don't think he's going to be the guy he it's was. It's almost like a Jason Witten signing. Yes, uh, I I think what it does more as well is I think, whereas with Hunter Henry, your catching was going to go 80-20 towards Henry, I think this might be a lot more 60-40 towards Jared Cook. Like He's going to see probably more targets at him, but I think it's going to open the field for Donald Parham to be more of an option. Um, I don't think it's going to be, though, where Jared Cook in the past year, past three, four years, has been top 10. I would not book him as a top 10 tight end. No, not even close. Curtis Samuel, the Washington football team. I think Curtis Samuel seriously enters the threat of top 35 receiver with this move. Yeah, um, I the to me, um, the Dolphins offense was a little bit more electric when they had Fitzpatrick at the helm um, because Fitzpatrick knew who his guys were. Uh, Parker had a lot. I of, still don't know if Fitzpatrick is the answer there. No, but I think they're paying him a lot of money, though. Yeah, but I think Fitzpatrick is because they're not paying Taylor Heineke, and I think if Heineke can't secure the job, they feel safe with Fitzpatrick. Is right. what that is. I think they want to try to see if they've got gold with Taylor Heineke first. But you are correct. He was able to get the ball out quicker to more talent. They have a better line in Washington than Miami did. And, and I'd say damn near they have better receivers than Miami did. They got better running backs, too. Yeah. Antonio Gibson. Gibson, Bryce Love, who didn't get to really show everything he had last year. Um, J.D. McKissick. Yeah. They, they have three viable running backs. McLaren and... Um, McLaren... Sims, who came on late in the year, and now Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel is going to share, imagine the backfield of Antonio Gibson, a former wide receiver, and mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel, a former wide receiver. And you don't know if you're running the ball or if there's a two wide or two running backs split out for, for dump passes or what's going on. And That offense could be dangerous next and year. It's, if it's Patrick's a starter, he's a Harvard guy. He's smart. He's going to know how to use his Yes, his he weapons. will. He's um, obviously not the franchise guy that everyone that he's been in the past, um, but he's still a very uh, good fringe starter. Not to mention, who's Curtis Samuel's head coach right now? Uh, Ron Rivera. Riverboat Ron, his former head coach with with Carolina. Yeah, and then uh, I don't know if you saw Curtis Samuel's tweet about about Terry they, McLaren. Yeah, they talked about they man. talked about being on a t- on a pro team as co- as college freshmen together. Mm-hmm. Um. Curtis Samuel, I don't think you're going to see him be a thousand yard receiver. I think you're going to see him, however, be a seventy plus, seven to eight hundred yard guy. 
plus an additional three to five hundred on the ground. I think he's going to have a ton of total scrimmage yards. I think he's going to be a scary option this year. I think Washington is a quarterback away from being that dominant team in that division. Well, I think even without the quarterback, I think they're the best team in that division right now. Unless, unless the Giants continue to build, the Giants have been a good offseason. The Eagles haven't done anything, and the Cowboys seem I'm sorry, Dallas directionless. The, Dal- the Cowboys finally got a quarterback, and the rest of their team's going, going D- to the Dallas wayside. does not scare me in one any bit. Um, but no, I think for a little bit, the Washington football team is the team to watch. Um, Seattle, Gerald Everett. This one's intriguing to me. Yeah, um, Everett's always been a guy in twelve man leagues that's kind of been a fringe player. About oh, do I take him as a as a number twelve and hope he's my number one tight end? Mm-hmm. I think this year boosts him to a top ten target with the possibility of being last year's um, Robert Tanyan. You've got a guy who's always had the ability; he can stretch the field, he can line up wide as a tight end, and now you're giving him the number one tight end role and Russell Wilson. Where he was the number two with Jared Goff. Yeah, um, and R- Russell Wilson does like to use his tight ends. Um, what was it? Two years ago, Will Disley out of nowhere was like a was three like, years ago. Luke yeah. Wilson out of yeah. nowhere. He likes to use his tight ends. Um, I think if they build a, a line around Russell Wilson, the tight end position becomes even more valuable. Um, obviously, they got Metcalf and Lockett there, but uh, outside of those two players, now signing Everett, I think they they. Get a lot more production out of the tight end position. Absolutely, man. Um, I, I really like the options here. I think I think Gerald Everett could end up having a nice year, and then the problem's going to be he's going to leave Seattle. Yeah, he's, he's on only on a one-year deal, $6 million, and Seattle's not exactly the easiest team to move cap. Um, we talked earlier last week, Kansas City had caught two starting tackles. They let their center walk. Now we're sitting here looking at them signing Joe Tooney, Kyle Long, Mike Reamer's back. Uh, I guess in terms of fantasy, is there any concern anymore? Because I feel like they've built a line that might be a better line than what they already had for cheaper, and Pat Mahomes should be fine staying up. Yeah, um, and a lot of the problem was in the Super Bowl, uh, he was running with his head cut off. Yeah. So um, building that line might be able to give Patrick Mahomes a little bit more of um, an ability to get the ball to his weapons and not have to feel like he's got to make a play downfield and probably score more than nine points in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but, no, I I think that's a good signing for them and a good way to go about it. Marlon Mack, do we want to touch on this? I think we kind of already did. Yeah, we, you can see um, There's not a whole bunch of <sighs> – He's going to be someone you draft. And I think if you draft him, it's because you either have Jonathan Taylor or Naeem Hines. He's not someone I want to rely on. And and, and that's just as a fantasy aspect. I like Marlon Mack. I think he's got all the talent. But once you put him back in a three-headed monster in Indy, it gets tough to want to have a benefit to him there. And the problem with that is, like, Indy didn't really... Give JT the ball till late in the season. It was kind of and when the, and when they finally did, he started to cook. Yeah. So it, I don't know. They kind of roll with the hot hand there, and if uh, JT and Hines are are trading carries here, he may or may not even see the field. Agreed. Um, AJ Green in Arizona. 
when we talked about it earlier, um, it's like a seven year old. It's like a seventy seven year old being replaced by a, a sixty year old. Um, I mean, you got to think he can still go. AJ Green. The funny thing is, you you go back five years and put AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins on the same team, you think it's unstoppable. Yeah, you're you're um, not going to stop it. AJ Green still has to go up and get an ability. You gotta kind of hope AJ Green's gonna fill a better role, being a slightly younger player than than Fitz did. Mm-hmm. But I still think that as long as he can secure the job, this should be Christian Kirk's job to win. Yeah, um, it's definitely like, especially because like he's a he's a veteran, so it brings a little bit more veteran presence presence in that locker room, especially for a young quarterback who's on his third year, possibly. I think. Yes. So, um, not that Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray's not a leader, but it's always nice to have veteran leadership in your locker room and AJ Green has been in years past uh the receiver and a very good one at that. Um I've got I've got a bold prediction right now. AJ Green stat line. And this isn't anything that's gonna make you want him like he's not gonna jump off the page as being a, a stud in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Thirty five catches, five hundred yards, five touchdowns. I think he has a better stat line than Fitzgerald. That is better than what Fitzgerald had last year. Yeah. Fitzgerald's not even back. Fitzgerald is a free agent. I thought they were going to give him a year. They, they didn't. talked about it. They didn't. They, he, he's hitting the market. Hmm. So that's the thing. He's going to have a better stat line, and I don't see it being much more than 35, 500, and maybe five touchdowns. I'd love to go back on that and record that as hot takes. I feel like we need a board of hot takes that mm-hmm. we've, we've come up with throughout the year to see if we're good on them. Um, John Brown to the Raiders. If I'm going to be honest here, I don't see it being much of a benefit. Um, I, uh, I'm gonna double back on that. I, I'm wrong. John Brown's gonna fill the same role Nelson Aguilar did, and I could see him being a sixty catch, eight hundred yard, and six touchdown guy. The problem is, is he's almost the same receiver that Ruggs is. So it's like yeah, but so is Aguilar, and Aguilar produced very well. I don't know. I, I Derek Carr's not a bad quarterback. But I think Josh Allen is leaps and bounds ahead of Derek Carr, and I think they're going to have issues connecting. I I think he's going to do some, but it's he's going to be the same thing that Aguilar was. It'll be a guy you pick up as a round 16, 17 pick, and it's speculation hoping that he's going to take the job and be a stud. Um, and by stud, it's going to be like three weeks of less than three points and maybe an average 10-point-a-week plus a couple 20-plus points scattered in. I can see John Brown in some leagues being a wire waiver-wire player that you're going to... For sure, but it's that's what I'm saying. It's he He's going to be somebody, once you scoop him, that you'll keep him, but I just don't think he's going to be, like, the stud. Um, Jamal Williams to Detroit. <sighs> this one hurts. Yeah, it's another one of those running backs that probably could have been a starter somewhere on a competitive team. Jamal Williams reminded me of Michael Turner many moons ago with the then San Diego Chargers. Remember Michael Turner at all? I know there was... Yes. Michael Turner was behind LT at the time. Um, he always showed flashes. He had a couple four, five hundred yard seasons behind Tomlinson, which was impressive because Tomlinson at the time was eating for 17 to 2000, or 1,700 to 2,000 yards a year. Um, and Michael Turner left, and within two years of leaving, led the league in rushing yards in Atlanta. I don't necessarily think that I'm going to sit here and say Jamal Williams would have led the league in rushing yards, 
I think Jamal Williams is capable of way more than he was getting in Green Bay as the number two running back there. Um, Unless the the only thing that I can see is them. Uh, well, he's he's taking over the carries that you got rid of by letting Peterson walk. Right. However, right. he's still fighting your favorite player, Kerryon Johnson, for the number two role behind DeAndre Swift. I don't think Kerryon Johnson is going to even make the team this year. Well, he probably will. But, but that's but the thing. He's still he's still fighting for carries as number two. What I'm what I'm thinking is. I'm guessing Detroit's pitch was, hey, uh, we downgraded at quarterback. Um, we're going to run a lot. Might be losing our receivers. Uh, we're going to run the ball 60 times a game. Probably not 60 times a game, but at least 30 to 40. I mean, if you'll, you'll figure it out, but it's not pretty. I don't necessarily like the fit. I mean, if Swift's getting 15 to 20 carries and then another 10 with uh, – Jamal Williams. I mean, that's that's still pretty. I, good. I mean, even so, even if let's see, your average carry because your touches are going to be around twenty. Your touches now will be around twenty three. Let's say five five targets in the air for Swift, eighteen carries. Mm-hmm. Game script's going to call for about seven to eight rushes for Jamal Williams, right. and then probably five to six for whoever your third is if right. it's carry on. So like, yeah, Jamal Williams might have a grand total of. 15 touches in a game, but it's not much of an upgrade from where he was with Green Bay. Thank no. Like At least it's not a super long-term contract. Emmanuel Sanders to Buffalo. I'm going to be honest, I like what he brings, but not in a fantasy aspect. No. He's going to be a poor man's John Brown, I think. Yeah, I I think it also like it brings in that veteran leadership, too. Um, he's going to be able to go out there, and he's going to be the guy in the roster who's going to have... I don't know why the number 500 is sticking out again. I think he's going to be a 500-yard receiver, maybe four or five touchdowns, but he's going to be the number four receiver. Yes, he's going to – he might split time with Gabe. but Gabe, He might run the third receiver routes for yeah. at, at times, but I think Gabe Davis is going to be the number three receiver. Right. Um, well, I see – Technically number two. He, he's going to be the – like Gabe um, – Diggs is going to be your number one, obviously. Cole Beasley's your slot, but you might as well call him your number, number two. two. Um, but Gabe's going to run that other outside, correct? Outside receiver routes, and then he'll probably split the outside receiver routes with uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I don't see Emmanuel Sanders having more than three or four touchdowns. I think Gabe Davis has maybe like seven to eight touchdowns. Beasley around that as well, and then Stephon Diggs about ten plus as well. So. I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be solid for the Bills, just not a fantasy aspect. Yeah, I think, I mean, number one, um, he's going to add more value. As I would have rather had John Brown fantasy-wise than Emmanuel Sanders. But I don't I don't hate the Emmanuel Sanders signing. It's just not a fantasy You signing. know what I, want to, what I want to check? Because I actually don't even know what his final stats were last year. Um, what's going to be a thing is I'm pretty sure Sanders is going to end up as a returner at some point. Yeah. It, with the loss of Anto- or yeah. of uh, Andre Roberts. And I know like a lot of Bills fans are disappointed because we let Roberts go, we let John Brown go. So I think the five touchdowns was correct. Last year with New Orleans, he had 61 catches, 726 yards, and five touchdowns. Um, I think I'm looking more at the year in San Fran, although I think that was a split year anyway. So. I still think Josh can throw for about 40 touchdowns. I agree, and I, I could see the five touchdowns being correct. The last, so he's not a big touchdown scorer anymore. 
I mean, since it, it's been five seasons since he's had over five touchdowns in a yeah. year. So five touchdowns, I think, is the money mark. I didn't even look at the stats. I just kind of pulled that out of. I was thinking my... five touchdowns as well on him, but I think you're going to see a decreasing yardage, and you're probably around five to six hundred. 40 to 50 catches, and it's going to be... And he might... I mean, we don't know what the Bills are going to do in the draft. They might even go draft a receiver. Correct. Anyway, so it's... Jalen Darden. Uh, Malcolm Brown, Miami. I don't think this is going to end up being a factor. No, I... Running back, he got some carries with the Rams. I still think they go Najee Harris. They either Najee or Etienne. Um, I'm not mad that Malcolm Brown signed with the Dolphins, considering they don't have a running back right now, because I own Malcolm Brown in a dynasty league. <laughs> Even though it's not really, he's not really like an elite player. But if you see some carries and ends up being the guy there, go for it. But I think they upgrade at running back at some point, either in the draft or by the time either this episode airs or sometime next week, they'll have a running back that's going to be their number one. Uh, even Connor, I mean, there's guys. Out yeah, there. I'm not too over the top about it. I. <sighs> He, he's there. He'll be the number two or three. Yeah. That's about it. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. to Jacksonville. So this I'm seeing happen because apparently the, the contract talks with the Rams broke apart. Um, I'm actually surprised more players aren't signing with Jacksonville considering they're about to get a generational. They quarterback. have a bunch of money. They're going to get a very good quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. And I think the reason he might have signed is I've heard a lot of rumors going recently that Jacksonville's strongly trying to court and move draft picks. Right. And DJ Chark to the Ravens for Orlando Brown. Um, <laughs> I mean, if that's the case, you've got a left would, tackle and a right tackle. I would retire if I was DJ Chark. I wouldn't be happy either, but... I mean, if that's the case, so you've got a left tackle and a right tackle in Jacksonville now. Right. Cam Robinson. Well, Cam Robinson can kick to right, so Cam Robinson on the right side... Orlando Brown on the left. Mm-hmm. You've got some, I think Brandon Linder's still there. Um, you've got Andrew Norrell. They've got a decent line. You've got James Robinson who had a good breakout last year. Could you Could you imagine? They're probably also going to trade um, Minshew. They, that's been floating all over. But could you imagine? Oh, give me Minshew in Washington. I heard Minshew to New England. Gross. I heard Minshew as well. A couple different places. But I heard Minshew Chicago, Minshew New England. Um, could you imagine though? First round pick, Jaguars go Trevor Lawrence. Second round they go ETN. Third they trade their third to go back in and get Brevin Jordan. Dude, Jacksonville like Jacksonville could, they be, could be dangerous, scary. Um, but yeah, I think Martin Jones is somebody or Marvin Jones is someone to keep an eye on. If he ends up being the number one or number two there. You want to have tabs on him and have have ownership. I think, I've always year. had a liking to Jacksonville, but I couldn't because they had uh, Doug Marone as. Uh, coach. Yeah, I've liked him before that, and then I disliked Marone and still like the Jaguars. Yeah, uh, Terod Taylor in Houston. Yes, I have him on this list. Um, well, he's the insurance policy. Yeah, insurance policy. I thought that was going to be. Um, um, oh my god, the guy from New Orleans, Eaton W's. Oh, Jameis. Yeah, Jameis Winston. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. I thought that that was going to be Jameis's spot to uh, land. Not going to lie, you said Eaton W's, and I thought you called him. I thought you said his name was Eaton W's. <laughs> I was like picturing his face in my head and him doing the stupid thing with his hands. But uh, uh, that could be a very good spot for Tyrod. Um, 
He's going to probably see some time there. I don't think Deshaun Watson plays this season. I don't think he plays next season. Um, they're either going to trade him with whatever's going on with these allegations. Or he's going to retire. He's going to retire. Um, Tyrod's not going to be the long-term answer there, but he's going to be a, a guy. Or a stopgap. A stopgap. Almost like a Teddy Bridgewater thing. Yeah. Uh, or, or like the gentleman we're going to say next, how about Andy Dalton on this list? Um Andy Dalton and I had no intentions of putting on this until I had a press conference today and said, well, you know, Chicago said I'm the starter. So, apparently they're not even giving Nick Foles a competition this year. Andy Dalton comes in as the de facto starter in Chicago. I don't know what to think on that. I don't it's, want him in fantasy. I'm I'm not a guy who's going to be drafting him or using him at all. It actually makes me dislike that offense even more. Yeah, um... Considering he had a better offense in Dallas. I thought he had a better line in Dallas, and he struggled to get the ball out. Yeah, he just didn't look like the Andy Dalton we used to see with the Bengals. Um, I think uh, he's going to get booed out of town, and Chicago, five weeks into the season, is going to bench him, and they're going to be like, what are we doing? Chicago's drafting Sam Howell in the 2022 draft. You heard it here yep. first. Uh, John Ross the Giants. doesn't matter. No. No. Um, <laughs> John Ross... He's either he's not going to stay really, healthy really fast, or just but he disappear. couldn't catch a cold. Yeah, he's either going to be hurt or disappear in that offense. Ryan Fitzpatrick to the Washington football team. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, we like it. I still don't know if I trust that he's going to be the number one. I think they're going to really try to push Taylor Heineke. Um, but I think it also, beyond the, the Heineke thing, I really think it's going to open Washington's offense. Because if it doesn't work with Heineke, they know what they've got in Fitz. Um, Corey Davis and Keelan Cole to the Jets. This is going to be a really good signing. I don't know if I want either of these two players in fantasy. No. But it it's... makes me very intre- or interested in whoever the quarterback is. Yes. Uh, it, it, I don't think it's going to be Darnold. I think it's going to be... I don't know, man. At this point, you've got Davis, Cole, and Jamison Crowder. You have the number two pick, and you can put another part in front of him protecting him and you've got a mid first round pick if the Jets go Zach Wilson at two maybe they have Darnold as the starter and see if Wilson can beat him out and if Darnold struggles then they basically bench Darnold and trade him next year but I I think whoever is the quarterback though there is going to have a very good time these receivers I hate saying this the Jets have three very good receivers. Mm-hmm. Corey Davis, Keelan Cole, Jamison Crowder, they're all productive. They're all elusive. Keelan Cole is ridiculously underrated. Yeah, and he'll probably be a slot guy. He'll be the outside. Jamison Crowder's mainly the slot guy there, and Jamison Crowder's a very good he's slot a, he's guy. He's a PPR guy. I, I could see Crowder. I don't know. Crowder's going to be eating slot targets. Keelan Cole has a there's, a... there's a There's a gif out there. I actually just saw it of Keelan Cole running on the top left side of the offense on the screen. And he stays in stride and just goes up like this and palms a pass out of the air and pulls it next to him and just continues only, running with it. I was only thinking Keelan Cole's going to be a slot. Because of how shifty and quick he is? Well, I was thinking more along the lines of they're still going to get another receiver and run four wides. Well, if if that's the situation, yes. but Because I can see that if they decide, hey, Darnold's, Darnold's our guy, and then go a receiver, a receiver at, two. at two. And they might even go, I would hate it, but if they might even go pits, I will, that would be I will cry. Terrifying. 
Because Pitts um, is going to be... Pitts. Pitts will be the best offensive weapon in this draft that's not a quarterback. Uh, but no, both receivers to Jets, we like it. Carlos Hyde to the Jaguars. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's going to be a non-factor. He's going to be the same thing he's been for the last four years. He's going to be a injury recovery and a possible starter on a bye week. Right. Gronk to Tampa. I think he's going to be the same player. I think you're going to see slight regression. I think you're going to see around 608, 600 yards, eight touchdowns, but he's still going to be a fantasy-relevant player. Tampa might even go for him at 32. That'd be pretty scary. Uh, Nelson Aguilar and Kedrick Bourne. I put these two together, the two New England wide receiver signings. Uh, the receiver signings don't scare me. I don't understand the money shelled out to Kendrick Bourne. No. Nelson Aguilar is a decent enough player, but he got overpaid crazy as well. Unless Cleveland, or Cleveland, New England um, drafts another quarterback, they're not, I'm not afraid of them. Um, so here's a stat for New England fans. The teams that have spent the most money in fantasy have not won Super Bowls. Also, the teams who have not had pocket passers in the last 10 years, and I, I just Googled 10 years. It could be even longer. The last 10 years have not won Super Bowls with quarterbacks who are not pocket passers. It's it's going to be something interesting for sure this year. Um, the receivers over New England aren't doing it for me. I'm not scared. The tight ends. A little bit concerning. 50-50. Hunter Henry is going to be a great decoy, and for all eleven games he's healthy, produce. If, if New England decides to go uh, Mac Jones, I'll be a little bit more concerned because if that New England gets Mac Jones, Buffalo might be relinquishing the division back to him. Right. I don't know about rookie season, but at least in the future, Mac Jones is going to be a very good pro who fits that Belichick system very right. well. Um, Hunter Henry is somebody I laughed has. at. Because of his health records. Mm -hmm. He has all the physical ability you could ever ask in a tight end, but he cannot stay on the field. Janu Smith, on the other hand. Janu Smith was grossly misused in Tennessee. With a better passing quarterback. But have heavy run offense. I think Janu Smith, if you're going to target him 75 times a year, is going to be a top catches. five tight end in this league. And I I, I will double down on that. I think Janu Smith is going to be legitimately, legitimately terrifying this year. Gary, we made it through it, man. That's a lot of fantasy relevancy. If people are still listening, they're probably tired of us talking. I don't right know now. if they're tired, man. We had a really good, good banter there. We had a lot of talk. We had a lot of fun things to discuss. It's just the beginning, guys. Um, we do our homework. We put our little work. Uh, we're happy that everyone enjoys our, our knowledge and discussions. We got a lot to go, guys. Free agency is only about halfway over. There's a lot of big names. We are going to get going, though, for the night, for the week. Until next Wednesday when we speak with you again. We apologize for this being the longest episode, but we got real fired up. We have some real fun stuff to talk about and some fun players to really tap on here. I'd rather have long episodes than really short ones with no context. And boring. Um, but hey, at least we're not talking about the NFL in 1920. Um, we are going to go get you taken care of, though. Guys, until next time, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts. We'll tell you exactly where to find them.